and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella, and we are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, just trying to get motivated this morning. I had to psych myself up, um, which is a little bit why was why I'm late or a little bit late. Uh, the topic today is um, is something I'm actively processing, which you know sometimes happens and lines up, and sometimes I've been processing it for a while. So um, I have been back for a month now, uh, yesterday, and um, one of the things that I have been kind of toying with or like, you know, actively processing is all the you know emotional stuff that old me or past the past version of me that kind of left here uh kind of left a bunch of undone stuff or just kind of I I really consciously thought okay I'll just deal with that when I get back um and so now I'm back and I'm dealing with those things um it's interesting uh out of sight out of mind you know kind of suspended reality a lot of the stuff that I had left you know just thinking about okay I'm gonna sell all my stuff I'm gonna go I'm gonna have this adventure uh didn't really know what that was gonna look like but you know trusted myself enough to like do that um so I left you know like three bins of stuff here plus all of the emotional stuff that I hadn't dealt with uh and so I'm actively going through those things and um really dealing with like the ramifications of selling all your stuff and not having a vehicle and you know not having my own space to live in. <laughs> not that I don't have my own space. Like I do, I'm staying with my daughter. Um, but even just like being back in this house. So my daughter bought the house that she grew up in, uh, that I owned with my ex-husband. And so even just being back in this space. Right. And so last time we had talked about, uh, you know, putting your, your new self into old spaces and how to reintegrate those things. Um, one of the things that has come up is like, now I have all this knowledge, right? I have all this awareness. Um, and my brain is, you know, we have all these new skills and all this new coping. Um, but my heart, like my emotional self is still trying to catch up with those things. Um, because as we know, I process through feelings very, very quickly. Um, and it's, uh, it's difficult sometimes to align the two of my head and my heart, a while back, we had talked about kind of aligning your head, your heart, and your intuition. Um, and so I recognize that like processing through the emotional um, kind of left behind stuff uh, has been a lot more uh, challenging and difficult than I had anticipated. And I've done this before where I just like, you know, head through it, like think about the things and, and rationalize and, and cognitively process um, but I don't deal with the emotional stuff. And we were talking about the emotional boundary. And when I was doing the emotional writing, I was talking about the fact that like I had sublimated or shoved out a lot of my emotional processing uh, when I was younger, especially around like grief and, and all of those things, because it wasn't safe to process my emotions. I think I did the same thing when I jumped or when I left here is that I was just like, oh, well, all of this seems messy and, and complicated. So I'm just going to shove that down and just put it over here. Um, and go and do these other things. And so in the new environment of like when I was traveling and, and um, you know, adventuring and processing, you know, different versions of myself, this particular version that I had left did not process. And so when I got back here, uh, all of that emotional stuff came up and, you know, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of growing in uh, as we 
cognitively learn all of these new skills and tools. Um, and so I was thinking about that in terms of like, even when I was, you know, getting my degree uh, in counseling, I think we were learning a lot of like theory and practice and how to do these things. And you don't know what it's like uh, to emotionally sit with someone um, in spaces that are like really traumatic or difficult or challenging until you do it, right? And so it is our job as therapists to detach emotionally. Um, but one of the things or, you know, kind of challenges that happens is that people can be talking about something in the room that they are actively going through that triggers your own emotional response, right? And so it's very difficult to process your own emotions while you are working with another person and they are processing their emotional stuff. And so what we do is we kind of put our stuff over here. We're going to put that on the shelf. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to, you know, cognitively be present with this person and, and really hold space for them to process their emotions and I'll deal with my stuff later. So, you know, growing up in, in trauma or chaos, we do the same thing, right? I'm having big feelings while the adults are having big feelings. It's not safe for me to process those right now. So I'm going to put them over here. Um, and then they'll, they'll come up later when I'm <laughs> triggered in my own relationship. And, uh, and so all of the emotion that comes forward is stuff that you haven't processed before now. So that's kind of where this, uh, you know, kind of topic has come through is obviously with my accountability buddy, I'm talking about these things and, you know, I know in my brain, like in my thought processes, my, in my rational self, how to categorize and compartmentalize and deal with these things. Uh, but my heart is like, but this hurts or this is sad or this is really difficult and I am going through grief or I'm having anger or I'm frustrated. And so I, I want to kind of integrate those feelings so that we can do that alignment of your head and your heart. Um, but, you know, in school, we were, again, taught all these theories, all these practices and processes. And, you know, we as therapists and certainly people who have gone to school for these things, we know how to rationalize it. We know how to, it makes sense in these neat little boxes of like how to do these things and how to sit in the room with someone who is processing grief or processing sadness or processing whatever it is they're processing. Um, but we suspend our own emotional selves, right? Um, and it's not helpful when, you know, a therapist kind of gets in there and is processing with them and making it about themselves. Um, <laughs> there are lots of therapists that are out there that are doing a great job, uh, but there are some who, you know, aren't actively helping the client work through their stuff. They're working through their own stuff. Um, and so we refer to those as nice ladies or nice men um, who are very uh, compassionate, kind humans, um, but are not overly effective at helping the client work through what they're doing. Um, and so it's important to really recognize that for our own experience, sometimes it's safer to rationalize or cognitively process things. Uh, because if we were to get into the emotionality of it, that would be too overwhelming. It would feel really a much bigger. And so in order to keep ourselves safe, we don't process that. We, you know, kind of put it on the shelf or put it over here and I'll just, I'll deal with it later. Um, which is exactly what I did. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just deal with that later. All of that, you know, with my old sweaters and things that I'm holding on to, I'll just deal with it later. 
um, I was actively processing grief and uh, detachment and letting go and anger and frustration and all the things in a very like small compartmentalized like rational way. Um, and so I think that, you know, when, when we're in the process of healing and learning new skills and tools, cognitively processing how to compartmentalize and create or craft these, you know, little boxes of information, you know, those new tools and skills of like, how do I say yes? Or how do I say no? Or what is, what is mine and what is someone else's? Or where did this, you know, codependency concept come from in how I behave with other people, all of those are cognitive processes. All of those are our brain trying to create and craft these, you know, coping skills of how to deal with things. And then I have to deal with the emotions of setting boundaries. I have to deal with how I feel. And so a lot of times when I was, you know, processing the boundary stuff or even like doing the writing, I was talking about really increasing the awareness of how you feel. How does it feel when your boundaries are being violated? How does it feel emotionally, energetically, when you're spending time with people and they request or require more of you than you're willing to give? And so it is important to increase the awareness of our emotional capacity or our emotional selves, even though that's difficult to do. Um, because again, if you grew up in places where emotions are really volatile or big, um, it doesn't feel safe. It feels overwhelming. It creates that, you know, anxiety response of like a T-Rex or saber tooth tiger is coming to get me. And so that older part of your brain kicks in and says, okay, we're just going to do, or we're just going to think it out. We're going to problem solve, or we're going to rationalize, or we're going to, keep ourselves safe by using our brain and not allowing ourselves to feel whatever this feeling is, right? It's, it's curious to me, certainly as I do it, but as I work with other humans, how we can cognitively process things because it does feel safe. It feels as though we can problem solve it through or we can rationalize it through or we can think our way into or out of a situation. Um, and so when I have clients and I ask, how does that feel? How does that, how do you feel in this moment when we're talking about this trauma or this thing or whatever, they will say, I think, blah, blah, blah thing. I think that this is what I need to be doing, or this is, you know, kind of trying to find either the right answer for them or me to be able to compartmentalize it and, you know, put it in a neat box. Right. And so <laughs> I'll be like, and I hear you, but also how does it feel? Like if we were to allow ourselves to have the feeling, um, and sometimes and oftentimes when we get to an emotional processing place, um, what I know to be true is like people don't know how to verbalize that or how to express it. Um, I'll give them a feelings list and be like, okay, let's look at this list, which kicks on a cognitive part, right? So they have to connect with what the word is and then look at what the meaning is and then kind of identify what the feeling is. Um, and for me, there are certain feelings that are like, I can go too easily, I feel overwhelmed, or I feel sad, or I am feeling grief, or I am feeling disregarded, or I am feeling, you know, um, having a difficult time trying to address what my feelings are, right? I feel confused, um, I feel disconnected, um, and so really recognizing what it is, the feeling 
that you're having is happening. Um, and so, especially if the feelings are negative, some of us don't like to stay there. Like that feels too big. And so then we go up here. We're like, I'm going to, I'm going to problem solve. I know what it is I need to do. I know what skills I need to use. I know, you know, um, how to work my way out of this feeling, right? We disconnect it on purpose. And it's, it's challenging when those two things are not in alignment because our head knows what the right answer is, or at least we perceive what we should be, do, be doing, should be doing. Um, we talk about shoulding, uh, and we do that to ourselves, especially from our anxiety place or that place, that bully or that asshole in your head that is like, you should be doing this better. You should be um, managing this in a different way. You should not allow yourself to be treated in this way if you're in a codependent relationship or if, in, if you're in a relationship that isn't working, right? You should be doing all these things. Um, I think about that from a professional capacity of like, you should be working harder. You should be more productive. You should be, you know, um, at the computer doing your writing. You should be blah, blah, blah. So my brain is telling me what I should be doing, whereas my heart or my emotional self is like, but we're sad, but we're tired, but we, you know, we we are processing disconnection. We are processing isolation. We are processing loneliness. And I don't want to do those things. Like my emotional self just wants to sit and cry <laughs> or would really like to cry, but it's not coming out. Um, and so there's that disconnect, right? And, and sometimes, like I said, we consciously disconnect because having those two things in alignment feels too much. It, it is not safe or it feels as though if I allow myself to process this really hard or bad feeling, I'm going to get stuck here. And that's not good for anybody. Um, and so it, it is one of those things, especially as we are on this, you know, healing, growing journey. But now I have these boundaries. Now I have this awareness of where these things came from. And now I maybe feel like I need to set some pretty hard limits with certain people I'm in relationship with. And if I do that, what does that mean? Does that make me a bad person? Or does that make them a bad person? Um, what does that mean for Christmas? What does that mean for, you know, we're supposed to hang out later and now I'm having all these feelings. And so how do I take care of myself? How do I love myself through this so that I can use these tools and skills that I have, you know, that, that I've been collecting and reading about and practicing? Um, how do I do that? Right. And so the answer isn't as clean and easy as, well, you just do it. Um, part of it is really checking in with how, how is showing up in this way, in this new skilled growing way and those little baby wings, like, how do I do that? And part of it is, well, I allow myself to have the feeling and I give myself the space to acknowledge that the feeling is real and is happening. And doing that means that I'm going to cry it means that I'm going to have resentment or feel sad or, um, you know, I'm going to allow myself to see the whole picture and I'm going to love myself and recognize choosing me means allowing myself to sit in this. And how do I comfort myself? What, what part of me needs to be addressed? What are my needs in this moment, right? 
it is all of those things and it is about you and not about the other person necessarily, right? So my brain is like, I need to cut this person off or I need to set a boundary or I need to speak my truth and say like, this is, this is where I'm coming from or this is my perspective. This is how it feels when we are spending time together. My brain knows that. My heart is like, ah, that is scary. It's producing anxiety. It's not safe. I don't know how they're going to react. I don't want them to feel a certain type of way. And so those two things aren't, aren't matching, right? When you are loving yourself through that, you're like, okay, I get that this is uncomfortable. I get that this is a hard conversation. I get that it is sad and hard to create space between you and another person that you care about. And you're going to have to do it, right? It's, it's loving yourself. Choosing you means you may have to set those boundaries and say those words. Loving you and working through those things means sometimes I'm going to have to be uncomfortable and they're going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to have to detach from their discomfort. And that feels gross sometimes. That feels, I don't, I, I don't want to be part of somebody else's discontent. The dogs are going to go a little bit nuts here for a second. And I, I have to choose me, right? I have to make sure that I'm safe and comfortable and loving myself through these challenges. And so that's where we start to align those things, right? It's like my head knows this is not working. My head knows this relationship is not part of choosing me and loving me better. And even though I really care about this other person, I'm going to have to choose me. I'm going to have to love myself so that I am not seeking that external validation. I'm not sacrificing myself. I'm not cutting off those parts of me and getting in the box, right? Um, I'm going to have to do that. And I'm going to have to be uncomfortable. And they're going to have their feelings. And I've got to be able to detach from that and recognize that their healing journey is their process. And my healing journey is my process. Okay? And so when we can align those things uncomfortable but it does take practice and then you can move forward you know choosing yourself and loving yourself and not putting yourself in a situation that you have to compromise your needs you know you're not seeking that validation or acceptance from those other people um, and you're going to have to work through that discomfort we talk a lot and we have talked a lot about you know sitting in the discomfort and just being uncomfortable and when we are healing and growing and learning our new skills and then applying them, there is discomfort, right? But on the other side of that, potentially, is peace. On the other side of that, potentially, is feeling better about who you are and how you show up in the world. And so recognizing that if I can align my head and my heart and I can listen to my gut and recognize this is, this is what's best for me, right? I know that my emotional awareness now is I feel really uncomfortable in these situations or I get depleted in, in these spaces or I don't like it when they ask me uncomfortable questions about what I'm doing or who I'm spending time with or, you know, if my career is taking off or whatever it is. So I'm going to have to allow myself to feel that discomfort. I know because I've listened to the books and I've, you know, I've, read all the things and I've been practicing my tools and skills, I know that what my next step is, is to create a boundary. I'm going to feel uncomfortable when I do it. 
my voice is going to shake. Or I just may blurt out a boundary really quickly and be like, I, I don't have time. I don't have space. I don't want to talk to you. Um, and then once I get practice in doing it, my head and my heart align a little bit easier. I have allowed myself to feel the feelings. I have allowed myself to process the grief, the sadness, the discomfort. I have allowed myself to even increase my awareness of how it feels when I'm in these spaces. I'm starting to use my tools and that alignment happens. It happens a little bit more easily, right? But I do have to practice giving myself the space to have the feelings and then aligning it with, you know, what I know all the right answers of like, you know, well, I know I'm supposed to set a boundary. Well, I know I'm supposed to, you know, check in with myself and set time for me and, you know, move my body around and eat the food and do all this stuff. <laughs> I know that these are the things I need to do. I don't like it all the time because it makes me feel a certain type of way. And what I know to be true is sometimes having my feelings is not safe, right? In the home or the environment that I grew up in, that was not safe to have the feelings. It was not safe to express anger because as I modeled it or has it, had it modeled for me, it didn't feel safe. It felt really big and dramatic. And so I don't want to do that to the people that I love and care about. So I'm just not going to express that. I'm going to process it over here, but I'm not going to express it to the people that are you know, in front of me. I, my sadness feels really big and overwhelming. And if I were to allow it to come out, what would happen? I would have to stay there. That would, that would be really dark and terrible. People don't like it when I'm sad. So I should probably just like shove that down. Um, people don't like it when I, you know, am like too loud or overwhelming. So I'm just going to shove that down. Um, but it's going to come out somewhere. And so really recognizing that if you can process it and let it out and, you know, give it space to breathe, what happens is it, you move through it. I know for myself that if I allow my feelings to grow legs and breathe and all the things, they move. They don't stay, even though it felt like they would. When I know that and I allow it to happen, I continue to love myself better. I continue to recognize that as I breathe, <laughs> that I feel freer. I feel lighter. I love myself more than I'm not seeking out somebody else. Like, I don't want them to feel, I don't want them to be mad at me. I don't want them to be upset. I don't want them to be sad. I don't want them to hurt. As I recognize that I don't want them to blah, blah, blah thing. I'm, that's the other person's issue. That is not a me problem. That's a you problem. And whether or not you choose to engage in it, whether or not you choose to process it, whether or not you choose to let that define you or however you do that, that is, that is yours. And so I have to do what is best for me in processing my feelings, in doing the things that I know are going to be best for me. And as I do those things, I feel better about me. That was a lot. Um, we have a few more minutes, but I did want to really kind of challenge you to recognize when your heart and your head are not in alignment. That is that icky, sticky, gross feeling where I do not feel motivated to do things. It drains you of energy so fast because you know all the things that you should be doing or would be helpful to the situation. And we're holding back our feelings because those feel big. 
those feel overwhelming. Those do not feel safe, right? But that's where you you feel tired. That's where you feel sluggish. That's where you feel avoidant. That's where you feel, I don't want to have to have those hard conversations because I don't want that other person to feel uncomfortable. The person's going to feel uncomfortable anyway. Or I don't want them to be angry. If you're avoiding anger, it's because you've experienced their anger and they're probably going to feel that anyway, right? And so when we are protecting other people from our big feelings or the things that we know we should do, we continue to sacrifice ourselves. We continue to cut our parts of ourselves. We continue to get in the box of like, I'll just be whatever you want me to be because that is safer for me. Except for it's not. And you continue to grow resentment. You continue to grow, you know, anger, frustration. You continue to feel like you are not worthy of somebody else's love, experience, whatever. And then you're going to seek it out somewhere else. Or you're going to use an unhealthy coping skill of, you know, I don't know, um, talking shit to yourself or, you know, using substances or shopping or eating or whatever it is that you do to punish yourself for not doing what you know you should be doing. And, you know, the feeling, if I just shove it down far enough, you know, I won't feel it. Well, that's not true. You're going to feel it. And you're feeling it already because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's triggering that thing of, you know, what you should be doing, right? Procrastination is a really good one to, to think about, or I call it that avoidy thing, um, is your anxiety will create this, anxiety, your anxiety will create this avoidant uh, reaction, right? I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to, to attack the large pile of bills on the table. I don't want to, um, you know, clean up the house. I don't want to throw the trash out because I am avoiding my life, right? But I also don't want to go outside. I don't want to engage with other people. I don't want to, um, you know, spend time with blah, 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 family member. So we get avoided, right? Feels gross because I'm thinking about it. It feels gross because I know that there is a giant pile of mail that needs to be addressed. I know that, you know, I've got to pick up dog poop. I'm, I don't want to. Who wants to? Nobody wants to pick up dog poop. Still has to happen, right? And then your brain, your anxiety, that bully in your head starts talking mad shit and is like, you're a terrible person and you're lazy and you're worthless and whatever. And sometimes that motivates you. But sometimes it doesn't. And then I start to feel bad about myself. I'm a terrible person. Like I, you know, I'm worthless. Like I don't engage in life as an adult in an appropriate way. It's a whole toxic, terrible cycle. Not helpful at all. Um, so when you can get back into alignment of like, okay, that's not loving myself very well. I, you know, people are going to have feelings. I am going to have a conversation. Feelings are going to be had. Once I get through them, I can move forward. Moving forward means I can let it go, okay? And so that's that piece of being able to align those two things of your head and your heart. You may know all the right things to do. You may have done all the work to be able to collect the tools and throw out the old ones and really kind of recontextualize the story and all the things. Still gonna feel uncomfortable. It's still going to feel overwhelming. It's still going to be sad. You're still going to feel anger. You're going to have resentment, and that's okay. Recognizing that if I allow myself to feel those things, if I really recognize that I have needs and desires and wants, and I have 
the right to have healthy love and a good relationship with whomever, then those two things align. It'll still feel scary. It'll still feel overwhelming. And you can still do those things, right? So it is a matter of acknowledging that there is a disconnect. It is a matter of recognizing, I know all the stuff that needs to be done and I feel uncomfortable and I can do that anyway. Okay, and so like I said, on the other side of that is peace. On the other side of that is really being able to sit in that alignment of my head knows what to do, my heart feels what it feels, and I can do these things anyway. Okay, so as you learn and integrate these skills of setting boundaries and choosing yourself and loving yourself better, there will be discomfort. There will be misalignment. There will be a lot of feelings, and you could do it anyway. All right, that is your nugget. I did all the talking and did all the things. I'm going to end the video here and then I will end the podcast. Um, if you like what you're hearing and all the things, or you want to know more, you know how to get a hold of me. It's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can hit me here. You can hit me on LX2 Codependency Coaching. Um, I am hosting a codependency workshop on the 22nd. It will be an in-person event in Albuquerque. Um, and you can go to my website and register there. There's limited space, um, but it'll be Saturday the 22nd at 10 a.m. Uh, at Discovering Greatness. And so if that is something you're into and you're hearing this before the 22nd, you can register on my website. And that is all. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. All right, we are ending the uh, video on Instagram, ending the podcast. Uh, you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit me on Instagram, on Facebook, or on my website, and I will talk to you next week.